So I just, the new year, you always want, you know, some great uh, nuggets of wisdom. So the first one says, always borrow money from a pessimist, pessimist, because you won't expect it back. I mean, don't you just want to just grab onto those nuggets of, uh, you know, just wisdom? Here's another one. A bank is a place where they'll lend you money if you can prove that you don't need it. So anyway, I just, you know, just, I thought I'd just give you some, just some uh, just nuggets of wisdom. They go, oh boy, is this guy going to do this all day long? Um, no, I'm not. This Sunday, I pastored for, uh, I was a fourth square pastor for 12 years. And then I went back to school and got a master's degree in counseling. And I've been, uh, had my private practice for the last 10 years. I just, I'm on my, I'm semi-retired, I guess they say. I have my private practice just one day a week on Mondays. So uh, that's, what, that's what I'm doing, a little of my background. So I can remember when I pastored that this Sunday was probably the smallest attended Sunday of the year. That's what we experienced anyway. And so I remember, I think it might have been the first Sunday that we, that we pastored. And we started, I think, in October. So the first Sunday is right, I mean, Christmas. So you guys have been to last Sunday, came to the service. Monday night, there was a good chance you were here, service. And then you had Christmas with your family. That can be exhausting. And, uh, and then you're like, oh man, really? We're going to be there on Sunday again? Uh, and then we're going to have New Year's again? It's like, okay. So this is usually one of the low. I don't know. How did everybody do on getting a, getting a sheet? Did you need more or you got them? Everybody got, got one? Okay. Um, I don't have any extras, so, um, so share one. Oh, here's some extras. Thank you. No, no, I don't need one, but even he does, share it with your neighbors. Um, so we were there on, our, on that. This was the, probably the first Sunday in between Christmas and New Year's. We knew it wasn't going to be well attended. We set up in a school. That's where we met in a school. Audie would probably have done a church in school. So we usually don't set up and tear down. So we thought, you know, there's not going to be that many people here. We knew people were uh, going to be away and stuff. So it was actually just my wife and I and another couple that were there on that Sunday. And we decided we're not going to, let's not meet in the, you know, tear up and tear down. Let's not meet in the gym. We'll meet in the library at the school. So we sat there at a table and we thought, well, there might be a few more people coming. And... Uh, so we sat, and maybe it was a couple of minutes before we were going to start, and we were just going to sit and share kind of like a home meeting. And then we heard the door open up down the, down the hall. It was just kind of down in the hallway. And we kind of looked at each other, and we, we said, what if these are new people? What if they're people that have never been here before, and they're going to come, and there's like the four of us? And so we kind of laughed together. And then we walked out of the library and looked down the hall, and indeed, it was a couple, a new couple that had never been there before. And we laughed. We were laughed. We laughed. And so the new couple, you can imagine, going to this church, and there's probably only three cars in the parking lot when they drive up, like, what are we doing? 
And then they walk in the door and they walk down the hallway and there's four people at the end of the hallway laughing. Like, what is going on? These people became very, very plugged into the church for the next five or six years, got involved in the worship team, involved in the children's ministry, and still are good friends today. In fact, he's in ministry down in Ording right now. But it was just like, you know, so God does wild and crazy things that we think somebody walking in the door for a new church for the first time and get laughed at would stay. Yeah, they do. We're going we're gonna to look at another, uh, some other people that laughed. Um, do you know, again, they'll give you a little, uh, you know anybody else in the Bible that laughed that you can think of? Sarah, Yeah. And I always think of Sarah that she laughed too, but before, actually before, so I went back to read it, and be, actually before Sarah laughed, Abraham laughed. He left a couple chapters before that, or at least one chapter before that. But we're going to look at Genesis 18, and it's 10 through 15. I think you'll see it on there. I'm going to read it. It says, Then one of them said, What happened is God came to Abraham. And again, the Bible is the greatest thing to read because it's so weird. I mean, there's so different stories in there. That, first of all, there's, if you go and read this story, and do your, I'll let you do your own homework, there's three men that show up, and the Bible calls them Lord. All three of them, Lord. Again, you can do your own little things in there, what you think is part of the Trinity or whatever, but there's three guys that show up. And then one of them said... I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him, and Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Yeah, Abraham was 100, and she was 90. A little bit past. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord is, Abraham is old, will I now have this pleasure? She laughed. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Interesting. We can't even laugh to ourselves without the Lord knowing. Uh, so, you know, if you think you can, you can't get away with it. Why did Sarah laugh and say, well, I really have a child now that I am old? And this is the verse, again, I want us to grab a hold of. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh again. It sounds familiar. Ah, it wasn't me. I didn't ever did that. But he said, yes, you did laugh. God has a different sense of humor. Maybe you're learning that as you're attempting to do this walk with him. Uh, when we try to figure him out, when we try to control him, when we try to put him in our box, we can get a little confused, a little discouraged. If we try to think, God, what is this God doing? But is anything too hard for God. Anybody want to answer that? <laughs> okay. So most of you said no. And the rest of you were probably like smart. Like what's he trying to get me into? But the answer is no. Is anything too hard for God? No. The problem is when we do answer. 
is anything too hard for God, it can kind of mess us up a little bit in our walk with him. Let me give you an example. When we pastored, we had a couple in our church that tried for years to have a child. I mean, tried everything, you know, everything that you could and going to doctors. And we had another, again, these are good, solid couples in our church. And another couple in our church, I remember meeting with him and talking to him one time. He said, I've been praying for this couple to have a child for years and years and years. And this is it. I'm going to pray, you know, but if God doesn't, doesn't come through, I'm done. I'm done. So they didn't get pregnant. And he walked away from the church community. I haven't really seen him for years and years, so I don't know how he's doing now. But he decided that if God wasn't going to come through for him and from his prayer and do exactly what his prayer... Because he believed that there wasn't anything too hard for God. He believed that there wasn't anything too hard for God, so I'm going to pray for this couple. So what's, what's with this God? Here's the interesting thing. That this couple adopted two baby girls two different times in two years. They went back to China and they adopted these, these, these girls out of an orphan in China. Both of one of them now, the oldest one I think is in college right now. But what if, if they would have had their own kids, what, what would have happened to the two girls that were raised in this orphan? We don't know, though. Those are, those are beyond where we can fathom what God does. But that's why I say it can mess us up a little bit when we say, hey, there's nothing too hard for you, God. Why don't you do this if there's nothing too hard for you? Isaiah 55 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And my humor is different than your humor, and my timing is different than your timing. And, I, and also, I don't think we want to do you know, synonymous to say that think about God's ways are synonymous with God's deeds. In Psalm 103, verse 7, it says, he made, his, he made known his ways to Moses and his deeds or his acts to the people of Israel. Two different things. He made his acts. He made the miracles. He said, oh, this is what God can do. I'll show you what I can do. This is what I'm doing here. It's nothing too hard for me. This is what I can do. But his ways, who he was, what he thought, his heart, he made known to Moses. On your sheet there, there's a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, before he was president, was a land surveyor. And here I want you to, you know, you're never going to hear this probably ever again, but get out your phones. Get out your iPhones, please. (laughs) 
Wait, in every place I go, they say, put them away. No, I want you to get them out. And you know, in the meantime, you can like check the Packers score if you want to or whatever, see how they're doing. But get out your phone and go to the app that has the compass on it. I think most of them do. I'm gonna give you some time. And do on the, on the compass, and then find on your compass the north, where it just points north, true north on your phone. How about, how about is everybody doing? No, I didn't know I had a compass on my phone. Well, you just, I'm just finding that out. Okay, well, how many have found true north on their phone? Okay, could you point like toward true north? Right, yeah, that's that way. So that's where it is. Because your phone tells you anything on your phone, on the phone app, if it's true, you know, whatever your phone says. Um, so Abraham Lincoln said, a compass I learned when I was surveying, it'll point to two north from wherever I'm standing. So I know where two north is. But it has no advice about the swamps, the deserts, the chasms that you'll encounter along the way. If in pursuit of your destination, you plunge headlong, heedless of obstacles, and achieve nothing more to the sink into a swamp, what's the use of knowing true north? I think we can apply that to our walk with the Lord. True north, it's important. That's knowledge. We need, the, we need some knowledge but being aware how to get there, what we might have to go through, some chasms, are his ways. So God was, was okay about showing the people of Israel his deeds, but Moses his ways. How do we get there? I know the truth. He's the truth. He's the truth, the way, and the life. But how do I get there? How do I keep walking that way? So I just run and just tell everybody, that's the way, just go, keep going, just go that way. Yeah, but what if there is a swamp or a chasm or an obstacle? We get to learn his, his ways. Having just the knowledge is not the answer. Hope that doesn't disappoint you. But just because you know everything about God is not exactly knowing who he is, what he's like. So what do we do when we get to these swamps and these deserts or chasms along the way? We go over, under, through. We might have to wait. We might have to trust. We might have to seek wisdom. Another quote on your, on your sheet that I gave you there, I, it's from Anne Lamont. She says, uh, God created us because he thought we would like it. <laughs> I like that one. It's like, what? I mean, because there's days you're going, what? No, I don't like this. I wish you wouldn't have created me. And it seems like that sometimes, but he did, he did create us to enjoy him, to enjoy this life. Now that, it's, it's gonna, it's, 
We just had Amy up here that talked about Christmas with her sick kids. There's things that are going to be hard. And if we think we just know what true north is, and then we're just, okay, we got it all down now, we're going to be disappointed. We're going to be discouraged. Because it isn't all about knowing true north. It's about how are we going to get there? What's this walk going to be like? If there was nothing for us to be afraid of, I don't think in the Bible it would mention over and over again, do not fear. If he thought it was going to be all fine and easy, then he wouldn't have had to say, hey, don't be afraid. If we always felt his presence, if we always felt him there right with us, then why would he have to say to us, I'm going to never leave you or forsake you? Why would he have to tell us that? If we were always going to feel his presence, why waste the time say, hey, I'm always going to be with you, whether you feel me or not. I think that goes back to another quote we have here about uh, we cannot attain the presence of God because we're already in the presence. It's not about, and I, you know, I know this myself, and I like this quote because it makes me stretches me a little bit about, okay, Lord, if I'm in a situation, I go, oh, Lord, just, I just need your presence. And it isn't about I need his presence. What I need is his awareness that he's already there because he already promised he's never going to leave me or forsake me. What I need is his awareness, not his presence. His presence is there. His ways are not my ways. His timing is not my timing. His humor is not my humor. But I, but I think we can begin to know his ways. That's the exciting part. I think we can begin to know his ways that he actually does wild and crazy things when we laugh at people when they walk in the church door for the first time. And they actually stay and be, and be faithful and be productive. And we see them grow. But they were laughed at when they walked in the door. That's God. I don't know. I can't figure that one out. That isn't what I would do. You know, that would be the checklist on the list. When you start a church, when you plant a church... Don't laugh at people when they walk in the door. I think that would be like the maybe number one. Well, that wasn't number one on God's list, how to do church. So I need to kind of figure that out and go, well, maybe he thinks and does and has a different humor than I have. This isn't, this isn't going to show up there, but in Psalm, first chapter of Psalm, it talks about this man that... Uh, is planted, or a, or a woman, it says a person is planted by a stream of water which yields its fruit in season, which I read that and I thought, oh, good. I like that. It gives me hope because I don't feel very fruitful right now. So it may not be my season. It may be something, again, that God does in our lives and, and timing that, that he does things with seasons. And it talked about this person who didn't sin with sinners and mock with mockers and wick with wickers, or wicked, the wicked, the wick with wicked. I, it seemed to fit, you know, it seemed to sin and mock and wick, wick with wicked. 
But he didn't, he didn't walk these things. He didn't do these things in the world. But, and it said he meditated on God's law. Didn't have the New Testament. So he meditated on God's law. But this person only produced fruit in season. There was something about no matter what he did, how hard he tried, or, there was something about there was a timing that wasn't his timing, that was God's timing, that he produced fruit in a season. Can you, uh, can you harvest apples in February? Huh? Oh, I tricked you on that one. In the middle of February in New Zealand, they start their apple harvest. So not only do we have timing of seasons where they're fruitful, but also there's timing of where you're at. So when we look at people, we go, oh, look at this person. This is it's being faithful, or they're not, again, sinning with sinners, or mocking with mockers or wicking with the wicked. is, And we think, well, where's the fruit? Okay, well, it might not be seasoned. There's seasoned. Well, it also might be that they were planted in New Zealand. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, but you don't have to figure that out. That's it's his timing. It's his season. So here's the message. If there's a message for the day, one of them anyway. And again, it goes back to another quote on your sheet there. Don't put tomatoes in fruit salad just because they're a fruit. (laughs) So that's knowledge. Okay, we say, okay, here's knowledge. Tomatoes are fruits. Great. Good knowledge. But here's wisdom. Don't put them in a fruit salad. It's that simple. So we have this wisdom, true north. I mean, we have the knowledge, true north. But what's the wisdom? Where's our wisdom? Knowing his ways. Knowing his timing. Beginning to learn his humor. And, that's, and that's just, this isn't easy stuff. This can be hard stuff. We think it should happen in our timing as we pray. We think it should happen the way we want it to happen. Because, he said, is anything too hard for God? And we all answered, no. Then how come when I pray, how come when I'm in this situation, if you just told me there's nothing too hard for you, then why? Why am I still in this? Why is this still going on? During this season, we call his name a lot, Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. I love that one. You know, there's posters that have all the different names of the Lord on there. Emmanuel, for me, in the last several years has been the one I want to kind of camp around. That he hangs out with me. He even likes to be with me. That's, I think, when in my counseling, I, I, I want people to say that. I say, first to him, I say, does God love you? 
And we all, if we're Christians, we ascend to that mentally very easily and say, yes. And now I say, does God like you? There's usually a pause, and there's usually some wondering about that. Because I think that's a harder one to answer. But it's the same answer. And that's it. If you walk away from anything, I want you to walk away today with maybe, and if you're struggling with that, yeah, he does. He likes you. In fact, he hangs out with you. He likes you so much that he said, you know what? I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. I'm going to be with you. It doesn't guarantee that everything's going to go your way. It's interesting. Friday night, uh, my wife's had the flu. She's not even here this morning. She's just on the end of, of getting healed. But she had the flu. And Chris started on Christmas Day. And uh, about Friday night, again, just hanging out with her. And she's coughing and everything. And uh, achy all over. And all of a sudden, I've got, I've got this. I feel like somebody just came up behind me and grabbed my shoulders. I mean, there was just a real tension in my shoulders. And my chest got kind of tight. And I thought, hmm, this doesn't feel really good. Must be just kind of the flu, but uh, I don't know. You know, I'm getting old, and so, you know, they always give you the different little signs of a uh, heart attack or something. And I, I could, it was hard when I took a deep breath. It hurt, but just regularly it wasn't too bad. So I called, there's a nurse line I can call on you know, my medical card. So I called the nurse line. And, Gave him my symptoms, and she said, well, are you coughing? No, I don't have a cough. Are you congested? No, I'm not congested. Uh, you know, how, you know, they do the elephant on the chest thing. And it didn't really feel like an elephant, but if I took a deep breath, well, you probably should go to the ER. I don't want to go to the ER. <laughs> but I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to sit here, and it, it's kind of, it kind of hurts so my daughter was there, so she said, I'll drive you. So we drove up to the ER in Renton Valley Hospital. Got there at 5.20. We left there at 12.20. Uh, in between there, got in, they did an EKG, they uh, did some blood work, and then send you back out and sit amongst the multitudes. And, and then came back in at about... It was about, you know, about 11.15. I said, I'm leaving at midnight. I don't care what. They already got my EKG. Nobody has run out here with the gurney. I must be okay. But about 11.30, uh, they called my name. And I went back in, and they did some more blood work because something shows in the heart when they had some enzymes released if you're having a heart attack. And everything was in the EKG was great. The chest x-rays they took then were great. Uh, they even did a flu thing. You'd stick the deal this up your nose till it hit your brain. And then, and then that came back all negative. So everything was good. Everything was fine. But it was interesting sitting in there with my daughter. I said, guess what I'm preaching on Sunday? She said, I don't know. I said, is anything too hard for God? And I said, so I just have the laugh, you know, it's, it's like, again, it feels a little bit like his humor. It's like, why am I here? If there's nothing too hard for you, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you heal me before I left? Now, 
we, I, I realize that we can get, there is the, the words of, okay, lack of faith, or there's sin in your life. I believe that's there, but I believe it, I, again, this is my theology. I really appreciate all the time when Jeff says, hey, this is my theology. You guys can do your homework or believe what you want to. This is mine. I think that's a really small percentage of the time. That the difficulties that we go through is about because of sin or because of lack of faith. I really think it's because God has his own timing and he loves us and he sits with us and he walks with us and he hugs us and he says, I like you. And we can't figure out what he's doing because his ways are above our ways. And so, I mean, I just have to, you know, so I'm in the hospital going, you know, I don't know what's going on and everything's fine. I was here for seven hours and I don't ever want to do this again. And so the next time I have the elephant on my chest, I'm going to say, I ain't doing seven hours, you know, whatever. Take me, Lord. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. But we need to begin to learn his ways, not just his deeds, not just the miracles he does, or Lord, just do this, or, you know, do that, or make sure everything happens the way I want it to happen. We need to begin to learn his ways and be aware of his presence. Be more sensitive of going, of praying not for his presence, but praying for the awareness of his presence. So next time again, when you're in that place where you go, where are you, God? Lord, I just I want, you to, I want you to come and be here. How about we just change that a little bit? We go, Lord, just help me be aware that you're already here. Because you already said, you already promised that you would be. Is anything too hard for God? You want to answer again? <laughs> okay. Still going with that one, huh? Still sticking with that? Okay. Is anything too hard for God? Let's answer it all together. Is anything too hard for God? No. Okay. We got that one down. That's good. That's a good place to start. It is. It's a good place to start. There is nothing too hard for God. Get that one down. I think that's a great rock. It's a good place to make our stand. It may, again, mess us up a little bit when it doesn't appear that that's reality. I want us to uh, pray this morning. I'll have an opportunity that Cammie and some of the prayer warriors can come up here at the end, but not now. But I want us to pray as we end here. And here's, here's a couple of things I want us to pray about. First, I want us to think of the most laughable thing that you think God could do in your life that would just make you laugh. Um, I mean, the Seahawks beating 49ers. That could be, oh no, I'm just kidding. Um, but there could, the... You know, there's that, there's that family member that you just think, in the next year that they came to be a follower of Christ, <laughs> you just laugh and think, no way. No way that would that ever happen. 
So I want you to think of that. I want you to think of the most laughable thing. You just think, no way could that ever happen. No way could they ever give me a raise in my job. No way would they ever promote me. I want you again, this is, this is your time. You're Sarah at the tent. You're 90 years old. And then you just heard the guy outside the tent say you were going to have a son in a year when they came back. Ha, <laughs> What's going to make you laugh? Oh, that person, yeah, neighbor, friend. It's going to get healed? From a already, we already know the diagnosis. The diagnosis is that they don't have a chance. I want you to, again, just think of the most laughable thing. And know again that you just said that, is there anything too hard for God? And you just said no. Now I'm here's the here's the catch. I'm not saying that what you're going to pray for is going to happen. What I'm asking is that we begin to grab onto His wisdom. We begin to grab on to his ways. What are you doing, Lord? How do I get to where you want me to go? And that we be aware of his presence in the midst of this laughable. Maybe it won't be attained. Maybe it won't happen. But we do know that nothing's impossible with God. So let's stand together. And I just want you to think of that impossible thing. And we want to, we're going to pray for that. And how we're going to pray for it, we're going to just simply just say, and you can just don't have to say it out loud, we're simply just going to say that there's nothing too hard for you, God. And then we're just going to give that to him. And then we're going to pray for his wisdom and knowing his ways. And so, Lord, we lift up these laughables. Lord, I've got one right now that, uh, yeah, I would be laughing and then crying, I know, if you did that, Lord. And, Lord, I'm here today knowing that uh, there's not anything too hard for you. There is not anything too hard for you. But also, Lord, I'm here today knowing that I need your wisdom. I think I know the direction. I think I know who you are. I think I know the true north. I think I know how I need to walk and where I need to walk. But now I need to know how to walk. I need your wisdom. I need to know your ways, not just your deeds, not just how you do things, not just the miracles, but just your ways. I need to know your heart. And then I need to be aware of your presence. Just aware that you're there, that you're hanging out with me, that you're sitting on the curb with me, that you're weeping with me, that you're laughing with me, that you're having a good meal with me. That you're sitting when I think I'm alone and you're with me. I know there's nothing 
too hard for you. And I'm glad that you're Emmanuel, the God with us. And everybody said, Amen. And you can stand up just for a second. They're on your things that were passed out here, on your little sheet that was passed out. They're, we used to also do this when there was a low Sunday attendance. I'd also like bribe people. So on your, on your notes that were passed out, if you look down by the quote from Abraham Lincoln, and if you have an 11 down there, you, anybody have an 11 by the quote? Okay, you better grab up some sheets. You better look at the sheets. There is one that has an 11 after it says Abraham Lincoln. Okay, how about a 21? You do? No, that's not right. Okay. It's, it's like, like set up. Or okay, here's a Starbucks card. Starbucks. Anybody has 31 Starbucks card? How about uh, 41? Okay, James. What you get here is a uh, hand soap, but it's not just any. It's not just any hand soap. In fact, I'm going to give you this. This is this is like crisp cucumber and melon hand soap. Okay, now nobody has 1111 someplace that's got to be hanging out someplace. Oh, 11. Okay, here we go. And this is also some hand soap. And this is pink grape grapefruit. See your favorite. So let me give you, this is story in closing. So I did this one Sunday. Again, just God's humor and everything and his timing. So I, so I did this one Sunday. And again, it was a new family that came in. And I handed out in our bulletin. And they had a little check mark or face, funny, you know, smiley face or something. And it was a, uh, the eight-year-old in their family had the little mark on the deal. So she came up and it was, it was watermelon. It was watermelon. It wasn't crisp cucumber watermelon, but it was watermelon hand soap. She got it. This is the first Sunday they were ever at our church. Went back home, and this is the story after I hear about it. It was the next, and they were, you know, church searching for churches and trying to find a church to come to. And the next uh, Sunday, they got, they got up, woke up as a family, and they were looking around, okay, should we go to this church? Yes, this church. And the eight-year-old said, I want to go back to the church where I got the watermelon hand soap. So they said, okay, that's a good idea. They came back to, the, to our church, stayed again for the next, you know, until we had left the church. Uh, faithful. In fact, she, and I won't, I won't start crying, she and her husband and a couple of little kids, missionaries in Germany, and her parents are missionaries in Eastern Europe. Again, I don't know what, how God does what he does, but it was watermelon hand soap. So, yes, God can do anything, and we need to, we need to be settled on that when he can do the impossible, but he can do small things, too. He can use somebody laughing at him when they walk in the door, and he can use watermelon hand soap. And I just want you to leave today going, this is the God that we walk with. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we get to go, yeah, I believe in him. That he can use whatever he wants to use 
to do his work in his timing and his humor. So God bless. I have no idea where Jeff is. <laughs> no, I think he's on vacation. He's not sick or anything. But thank you for being here. And you came after you all. I went to two services and you had Christmas and you still came. And thank you. And a couple of you are rewarded generously with Starbucks cards and hand soap. And God bless you and have a great rest of your week. And see you in 2020. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Yeah.